Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter Paige Baumert. Hi Paige. Hello. Paige, today we are talking about one of those questions that people ask all the time. What if you are parenting on your own? Whether you are married or not, you feel like you're just kind of solo doing this because maybe the other person doesn't want to participate or because you happen to be a single parent. That can be really different. And or I shouldn't say different. It is different, but it can be difficult. difficult. <laughs> yeah. And we hear from people all the time about this who wonder, can you still parent effectively? Can you teach your children self-government when they've got these other influences in their life that don't match what you're trying to teach them, right? Yeah, that can be super tricky. So that's what we're talking about today. But first page, I've got a fun idea for a family activity. Oh, I'm so ready. I know. And this is actually going to be fun for you because you have a little one. And honestly, mm. whether you have a little one or not, this is fun. I could see this being a fun date idea for people in college that want to do something fun for a date. So go get work gloves at the store. Okay. The kind that are made out of fabric, not the kind that are rubber or leather or something. And then you take that work glove and you turn it into a finger puppet story. Okay. And so you could make any type of a story you want. It's story from your life. You can do the three little pigs. So on your fingers, you could have you know, three little pigs and a big bad wolf and a mama pig or, you know, whatever else you want to have on there, some <laughs> other character that you make up, or maybe Pinky's just left by himself. I don't know. But anyway, so you have these little pigs so you can tell stories to people, which are so fun. So Anyway, you're going to want to get pieces of felt because that's nice and easy to either glue on there if you're going to use hot glue or if you want to do like um, sewing, you could sew on there. That's going to be a little bit harder because you got to get it into the, you know, mm -hmm. you'd be popping it in and out instead of going in and all the way in. That would be a little harder. Right. But so glue, I think actually would work really well. well and wouldn't it work with like those kid snow gloves? Like if you're somewhere that has snow. Oh, you mean just like the knit gloves? Uh -huh. You probably could do knit gloves. I don't think it's going to hold the glue as well, to be honest. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. So a hot glue or a fabric craft glue is going to work a lot better on one of those canvasy type gloves. That's like gotcha. a gardening glove. So you get the gardening glove and then, and then you can do like buttons. You can do pipe cleaners if you want. You can do yarn for hair. You can do mm -hmm. just like markers, Sharpies or whatever for facial expressions or whatever you have to happen to, you know, want to do but totally be creative and people can make different stories you can make stories from your life stories from your ancestors uh, you could make fairy tale stories you know whatever it is that's why i think really all ages could have fun with it and then tell your little finger puppet stories put your hand behind the table and tell the stories it's just so funny you don't have to have a puppet show you don't have to have anything and you've got these fun little movable characters of course toddlers and little children love them but who doesn't love a story anyway and a little creative project so i think it would be fun i love that i think that's a really fun activity and that gives me ideas of what to do with clara so thank you 
Yeah, you're welcome. Finger puppets. <laughs> and the thing is, is you can take um, felt just so you know, and you can sew it into little tubes. So you could do all the decoration on one side of a felt and sew all the, the, the clothes and everything onto it. And then sew the back side of your tube on it. That's the same size as your finger. And then you could make just a tube out of the felt. That's what my mom did. All of my finger puppets when I was little were made out of little felt tubes. And then, well, actually not all. We had a couple that were the full glove types. My mom loved to do creative projects like that. <laughs> and so I had I all the coolest that. puppets and everything. Um, so you could do the, the, the little slip for the finger, like a, made a finger sleeve. Yeah. Made out of felt if you wanted to, and felt's just super easy to sew and to work with. And so if you wanted to make them a little more secure on there, you could do it that way too. And then just have individual characters on multiple different fingers, you know, so you could do two hands instead of just the one handed show anyway. So have a good time doing that page. You'll have to let me how it, know how it goes. So let's <laughs> oh, I'm talk sure about- there'll be pictures. I mean, here we are talking about the single, the single finger puppet. We're also talking about the single person trying to shift the parenting in their oh, what a in connection their lives. to make. Right. I just did that. Just <laughs> I know. Just there. You're like, go, mom. Okay. So anyway, before we talk about um whether you're a single parent or whether you feel like you are, um, and what you can do about that. We have to talk about what self-government is in case this is somebody's first time. In case you have not listened to this podcast before, boy, do you have some backlog to do. But <laughs> um, we need to share with you the definition of self-government. Self-government. So Paige, what is self-government? For sure. Self-government is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Yeah. And so what does that mean to you to be self-governed? How does, how does that affect you? Oh, geez. That is a very vague question. Very, very open-ended. Um, <laughs> as far as self-government goes, I know for me, it means knowing that I have skills and being confident in using those skills so that I don't have to allow my emotions to take over and ruin a perfectly good teaching moment or make it so that I don't grow and progress as a person. Mm. Okay. So what you're saying is no excuses. Yeah. You you would normally give yourself excuses. You would let yourself get maybe a little emotionally unhinged from time to time or something like that. Because Paige, you are a very like uh, larger than life person, like passionate person. passionate person. Yes. <laughs> person. You are, I mean, oh, had, I we, know. had we not had self-government with you, you would have just created drama in our household. You would have, because even, even though you are incredibly self-governed, you can have these little moments where you're like, Ooh, there was a little fiery something that just came out right there. Right. This little, yeah. this little sassy thing, this little look, this little, whatever. And because your personality is very expressive and that doesn't mean you can't express. It just means that you have to go, wait a second, what am I expressing here? Mm -hmm. And you teach yourself the skills to express the way, you know, is going to be more useful and save some of that other stuff when you're on the stage doing drama, right. right. Or singing a song and adding some personality to it. <laughs> You know, and those kinds of things instead. So anyway, great. Okay. So Paige, let's talk about this, um, 
this this topic? What do you think about yes. this? So this is something that, like you said, we come across a lot um, because we have a lot of parents who will say, oh, you know, my husband and I were divorced. And so we have like shared custody of our children. And so they're back and forth between homes. And, you know, I've just found teachers of government and I think it's really awesome. And so I'm doing this online course, you know, this, that, that. that's why I run across it the most is in the, the TSG uh, parenting course online. But, um, so there's that, but then there's also people who they say, you know, you know, my, my family and my husband or my wife were still together. Um, there's actually an instance where I was talking with a father and he said, yeah, you know, I really love the principles that are talked about in this program, but my wife is just not on board. She, you know, is not willing to put in the work to do this with me. And so she's supportive of me doing it, but she's happy to let me do it by myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. So let's talk about for a second why this happens, because I think some people feel like, ah, why, why is this happening to me? And am I the only person who has a spouse who is not supportive? And the answer, the nice, easy answer is no way. There are so (laughs) many parents who are, who do not see eye to eye in their parenting. And that's one of their biggest struggles that their relationship has. So people have habits. They were raised a certain way or trained a certain way. Or they have a habit of how they like to react to certain things mm-hmm. or, or excuses that they, they like to make for their behaviors. And so when they have a habit of making a certain excuse, and then you suggest to them, how about we don't have that habit anymore? That also means they can't have their excuse anymore. And that right. does not feel very good. And so it feels like somebody is saying, you can't have your out. Now you have to take full well, responsibility. Because emotional reaction like that doesn't take thought. It's just, well, we're rolling with the punches and that's how I feel about this. So that's what's going on. Mm -hmm. Well, and people don't actually love taking personal responsibility. They don't. Many people don't. It it takes honesty. I mean, you have to literally, yeah, humility is huge. You have to want to see your problem. And that's a big thing. I mean, you have to say, I want to know what's wrong with me so that I can confront it and fix it. And most people want to see what's wrong with somebody else, Mm -hmm. not what's wrong with them. And so the blame just a little bit. Yeah. So, uh, so a spouse or a partner who's saying, okay, you go ahead and do that and see how you get by. They're basically saying either A, prove it to me that I want to shift and that this is going to actually be worth my time. And that we're sticking with this. Right. Because sometimes people pick stuff and they don't stick with it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And, and so maybe they're like, I'm tired, I'm tired of joining something on board just to know that you're not going to stick with it either. You know? And so they want to see your commitment before they're in. That could be one reason. Um, another reason could be that they really don't want the responsibility for any of the stuff. And they are assuming that if they don't take any of their responsibility, you'll take all of it. So that's another thing that's that could, a load off their mind. Yeah, that could be another thing that could be happening. And there could just be a little bit of a battle mentality there. Okay, too. So it could be that one person is thinking, you know what? Good luck. 
good luck with that. Without me helping you, I might even sabotage you on the other side, you know, (laughs) and I hate to paint a spouse in that picture because sometimes there are spouses who are like, I'm just too tired to care about another thing. Also, I support that you want to do something else. I'm not going to stop you, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want to come home and learn new words, you Mm -hmm. know, so there's skills. They're people who just feel like they're just worn out. But the sad thing is when they're in that state, what they're really thinking of is how they feel and how they feel seems so loud that they don't remember that those relationships around them actually impact how they feel. And if the relationships were better, it might help them not be as drained. They could refuel at home instead of feel totally drained at home if the relationship shifted. So sometimes there's like a short sightedness too, where people just don't people just don't see ahead. Yeah. So this is why it happens. Now the single parent is like, well, actually I really am just the only person, you know, (laughs) Yeah, we get that. Trust me. We do. Yeah. (laughs) And then, and then when you're a single parent, you have other issues, right? Because you've got the problem of, so, so I am trying to work on something with my child and then, oh, darn it. It's the weekend and they're going to the other parents. Yeah. And then they get totally undone and then Mm -hmm. they come back. And you're like, oh, great. Now well, I have to and then start there's all even over. Further than that, that, you know, there really is only one parent in the situation. So maybe a spouse died or mm-hmm. maybe they left and want zero contact. And it's just like, it really is just them. And so then you have no break ever. Right. Right. And because- it's, you're, you're on duty all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can feel like I, I really, truly have nobody else and no time where I just get to breathe and stuff like that. And so it can seem like a really heavy thing. So no matter where you're at, whether you've got a spouse, that's not on the same page with you, whether you are in a relationship where you have a, you know, one of the parents of your children is no longer with the family for whatever reason, or you're in a divorce situation. Um, we've got some stuff for you. So Paige, let's, let's get into this. And, and I know you've broken it up into some different sections. We'd like to talk about three different components today related to this. So what's our first thing? So our first one that I think is probably one of the most important ones you can really focus on is the roles. And we talk about roles a lot and you have written a whole book about all about roles and Mm -hmm. it's it's a really good one i will we should we should say the name it's called roles the secret to family business and social success there's Paige's little do you see how she could be attitude because she just did a (laughs) wow you know because she's being a little sarcastic and being expressive I but see what I'm saying is if we did not have self-government she would have been a loose cannon anyway but that's the name of it sure yeah. yeah. Anyway, so there is that book that is really, really helpful, and a lot of parents will read it uh, with their children and to their children. But roles in general are something that can get a little out of focus when you have, you know, when you're parenting on your own. So, in fact, uh, someone that we were working with recently, they said, "Well, you know, it's just me at home, and you know, I try to." This was a mother. She said, I try to, you know, help fill in for the father role because, you know, my my child's father is kind of sort of not really in the picture. So, you know, I bring out some more masculine traits to help fill in that role, you know, and how what's the balance between that? And, you know, I loved what you told her. You said, well, here's the thing. You can't really fill in for that other role. It's It just can't really be replaced. And as hard as that is to hear, that's the truth, right? So 
And bless her heart because she's, you know, she is one dedicated mom. What What a sweet mom. Anyway, such a dedicated mom working so hard to, you know, do all the things for, for her child and to help everything, you know, that this child gets everything that they need. And so, and, and she recognizes a lack because of that missing role and she's trying to fill it in the best mm-hmm. she can. Right. And, but the and fact that's, is she's a mom. And so being a woman and being a mother, you can't really be a father. Right? <laughs> there really well, the is child no is not going to see that the same. So no. they children look for different things from their parents. And I believe I probably told her at the time, I can't remember that, that they look to their mothers for wisdom. They look to their fathers for acceptance. Correct. Yeah. And that's something that's really important to recognize because, um, and that's why, you know, you'll see some children, especially girls say, if they didn't ever get acceptance from their father, they'll throw their themselves into the arms of horrible men. Just because Because they feign acceptance. Because those men act like they accept them. And then later they're Mm -hmm. like, oh no, it's a narcissist or it's a whatever. And this guy is totally toxic. And now what have I done? Because the guy said, I love you. I love you. I love you. You're beautiful. You're amazing. And so come be with me forever. And then the girl recognizes later, what did I do? And it's because daddy didn't have the attachment that he might. And I'm not saying it's always why that happens, but that is a scenario that happens pretty often. Well, and a missing, a missing mother also takes its toll on Mm -hmm. children. So if you're, you know, a father parenting on your own, that has its own messiness to it as well. For sure. In fact, in both cases, your children are going to end up struggling with their roles with you a little bit. And they're going to end up even struggling a little bit with, you know, who am I? That's Mm going to be a thing because both parents add a key component to the identity of a child. And when one of those things is missing, sometimes this child feeling that void doesn't know what to do with it. And they sometimes look a little bit far a little bit past the mark right. <laughs> and start feeling like I've got to turn against everything from this parent to find out who I am or maybe and they even start feeling like people don't accept me because they're missing one of their parents there's a lot of mm-hmm. subconscious things that can go on inside the mind of a person when they're in that situation and and parents can try their best to make sure that children understand the situation and that kind of thing but one of the best things that you can do is to say, let's talk about family roles. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about what the role of a mother is. Let's talk about what the role of a father is. And I'm not talking about who bakes bread, makes the dishes or mows the lawn. Okay. Like those are just things people do. Those are just responsibilities. That's not really who a mother is to a person. A mother is a heart and hearthstone of the family. I was going to say, I love mowing the lawn. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So that, that's just a thing, right? That's just a chore. Anyone can do chores. So we talk about that. What's the role of mother? What's the role of father? You know, and, and if you have that book roles, the secret to family business and social success, that's going to help you understand roles. There's a whole list of things in there that you can look at for roles. So what's the role of father? So even if father's not in the picture or if mother's not in the picture, you still talk about, these are the roles of these people in a home, in a family. Mm -hmm. And then you say, okay, well, so what's the role of you know, nine-year-old son or 12-year-old daughter or whatever it is. And then you start talking about what does that role of child mean? Okay. Because they need to know who they are too. That's super. Mm -hmm. So then you can say, now, listen, in a, in a family, so it's engineered that children can't get here without a mother and a father. 
that's that's the engineering of it can't yeah yeah like, i mean nobody has been able to do it otherwise without male sales and female sales that's it and then they have to be in a woman that's just how it is okay in order to fully develop there's just no other way yeah so because of that there is so you just say listen a child in order to get here has to have mother has to have father now in your situation right now we don't have that normal setup because for whatever reason so you you talk about it right and so here it is um we don't have this situation so it's important for you to understand what might be kind of missing now we can try to fill in some of those gaps a little bit we can make sure we go and see grandpa a lot we can make sure we develop a good relationship with uncle so-and-so it'll never quite be the same as the father the father role in your life because there's an uncle role and a grandpa role Mm -hmm. an uncle and And a double dip is kind of hard uncle and grandpa can't be father because there's just something about that attachment that can't really fully duplicate that for a person yeah. at their a father figure identity helps but you know sure. it's, if you know not having the real father there or vice versa you know the mother a mother figure it's it helps but it's not the same yeah exactly and so if you can talk about those things then you can say so let's talk about how with the roles that we've got what we're going to do. And then make sure that you really emphasize to the children, there could sometimes feel like something's missing Mm -hmm. or that you don't have everything you wish you had when it comes to relationships. And it's because somebody is missing. And those are going to be hard, no answers that we have to accept, but we just have to focus on the roles that we have. And we've got to get the roles that we have really good. And then just openly discuss that. Other and help role. analyze too. Like if, yeah. if you have really good friends who have fully you know, functional families um, where both parents are present and on the same page, you say, hey guys, see these friends of ours? This is the ideal. And I know we don't have that, but this is the ideal. Mm-hmm. So this is what we need to shoot for, towards. So, you know, it's, it's really good to help analyze and help establish proper expectations of correct roles within a family, even if you don't have that yourself. Right. And so this is what we're, we're going to call transparency. Okay. Yeah. That's our second Yeah. So number one roles, let's focus on what are the roles. Okay. And, and establish what your roles are. And and the key, one of the key roles, if you're a parent, you're a teacher and your child is a learner, those are going to be no matter what. So make sure you establish those things. Um, but there are other things, like I said, you can read that roles book. We're not going to go into all that here, but, um, but you know, what does it mean to be father versus what does it mean to be mother? And what does that mean? Not necessarily for the physical needs of the person, even though there are some physical needs there, but what about the mental and emotional and relationship needs that the person has? Mm -hmm. What, what are those roles there? And that's what you're going to want to focus on. And then just talk about it. And then, like you said, analyze the other people around you and don't be afraid to say, that's really nice, isn't it? Let's spend some time with them so that we definitely get that feeling of what a family that has mom and dad, they're working together feel like, because that's what you're going to want. You're not going to want what I'm dealing with. This is the hard way. It's not the best way. I think what a lot of um, parents do that are single parents or who have a, a parent 
you know, the other parent is not really participating is they try to make light of it. Like everything's fine. This is fine. You don't need to have everything. You can just have this. And they think if they take that approach with the child, that then the child will be happy and not question or be sad about their circumstance. And it seems to most people that that's the optimistic thing to do. In fact, I'm probably a weirdo like in this world <laughs> talking about this um, because most people wouldn't recommend what I'm recommending here. But it is so much better to teach your children that there is something that is easier and even better and that, sure, you don't have the perfect circumstance right now, but that doesn't mean that they can't shoot for it. And you've shown them if for some reason something happens and it's not perfect for them either in the future, then it's okay. You can make it through, but to tell them this is all you need, then actually can set them up for failure. And and that's not true. It's a, it's a false and it's a false security that ends up blowing up later because they feel like something was missing. They end up having struggles Mm -hmm. and things that weren't talked about. Well, it it gives them a a whole new perspective of what could be right. It actually reminds mm -hmm. me of a saying that you told us once, and I think you said it hung in your bathroom growing up. And it said, it's better to aim for the stars and hit a pile of manure than to aim for the manure and hit it straight on. Oh no. The one that hung in the bathroom, we just got to clear this up. Not that it matters to anybody, but you, (laughs) that was a quote from my dad. Yes. (laughs) And I'm pretty sure it was somewhere. I'm pretty sure it was a quote from his dad because my grandpa was just that kind of guy who's going to yes. be like, don't but it's so for true. It is so true. And the the one that, ha- that hung in the bathroom was if the outlook is bad, try looking up, which I also think in a way mm-hmm. applies because, okay, if the outlook isn't perfect, then let's go back to what we know the ideal is. How'd the child get here in the first place? Okay. Let's yeah. talk about that. And let's, and let's not feel a pity party about it not being well, perfect. Yeah. Well, in that way, you know, you can help your children be successful, joyful adults who have a really good sense of what their purpose in life is and can then work towards gaining that even if they didn't necessarily have it growing up. And the nice Mm -hmm. thing about being transparent and analyzing other families is you give them that sense of, hey, here's a role model to look towards and to start, you know, to think about. And so a lot of people, when they're trying to be successful at something, they have mentors, they have role models, Mm -hmm. they have people they look up to. And so, you know, whether that be a gymnast or a scholar or a musician, whatever it is, if you want to have a good family, you have to find a model for it. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of people have found that our family has, is a really good model for their family, which is why they listen to what we have to say, right? (laughs) Which is why we do this podcast. Yeah. Not that we're perfect, but we, we really, really focused, didn't we, on all the components of making a good family and we were willing to share. Yeah. So you have to talk about what's missing in your situation or what isn't ideal and then help them analyze how to get to that ideal. And so that's, that's what's going to happen in our third thing we want to talk about today, which is consistency. So even if the other parent, you know, is in the picture, but not cooperative, um, you know, divorce situation, whatever, um, whatever you're putting into place, you know, whether it's this TSG stuff, um, or whatever else you find, which I highly recommend. Hold on a second. We got to put a, to put a plug there because 
I know, I know this is shameless. Hey, I'm shameless. just trying to keep it well-rounded. Okay. Okay. I know. I know it is, it is whatever you choose, but I just have to make a little plug here because, um, people come to our trainings all the time. We just did a training this last week. Um, people come to trainings, our trainings all the time and they come, couples will come not on the same page oh, or, all the time. or they come not having been raised super great. And so they have bad habits, bad skills, also whatever time, yeah. or they are single parents. And they're like, how do I, how do I even do this? Because we've got all these habits going on and, 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 you know, what's happening. And, and that when they learn how to communicate the skills and the principles they need, it actually takes, okay, that was your way. And this was my way. Now we just have this new way. That's just, let's have our way. <laughs> it's our way. And it's separate from what your way or my way was. It's mm-hmm. now this new way and it's non-manipulative, non-emotionally controlling. It is now just good, solid principles of communication and skills that really work for the hardest behaviors, habits, addictions, they work. And we can just stamp, stamp, stamp that, you know, again, with the approval of thousands and thousands of families now. And so, Mm -hmm. um, so as you're, as you're going down this road of learning, teaching self-government, it's new stuff, but that's the beauty of it is yeah. now you can just get rid of the old and say, okay, I'm going to, I'm actually going to stop you being can frustrated. create a new common ground. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now you may not be able to create common ground with that other parent that lives at a different place. Who's totally against you and everything. Okay. Right. Or even that parent that lives in your house is totally against you and everything. Okay. <laughs> you may not be able to create the common ground. If you, ha- if you can, all the better. And there is actually a book that is probably the, f- the first thing that you should read together. Um, or there's even an audio of it. The book is called Popular Parenting Methods. It's on teachingselfgovernment.com. Or- if you want a short, awesome little introduction to teaching self-government, that's that's a good place to start. <laughs> well, and it'll really help you get on the same page if you say, listen to it together or read it together. And it's very short, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. But there's an audio class. It's about an hour long and it's called cultural parenting revolution. And you can get that also on teaching self-government.com. So if you really want to just start and see if you can get unified or at least open the discussion about getting unified, that's going to be a good way to go there. But if you can't, don't worry. I've been there. I've been there and it's still possible. So yeah. I probably should tell a little story about that. Um, probably. Yeah. So there was a time, a page, and you know, this when dad, my husband, when my husband Spencer was, um, we, so we had been trained to do all this stuff for foster children, doing therapeutic treatment care. And, um, then when we stopped doing therapeutic treatment care, he basically said, Oh good, I'm done with this. And I was like, no, 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 you cannot be done with this. This is super important. Like, you know, we need to just live like this forever. He's like, well, there's nothing. Yeah. He's like, there's nothing wrong with our children. I'm like, there's a reason. There's a reason nothing's, (laughs) nothing's wrong with our children. And, and it's because they have a lot of skills, you know, that we have taught them and they're confident in their communication. Our family is so productive and functioning so well, but he just didn't want to do the talking of it. I mean, that was, it It was a lazy thing. Mm -hmm. And so he bailed for like two years and he was like, you can do, you can do it, but I'm not doing it. Have fun. 
He stopped coming to family meetings. He didn't want to have couples meetings. I started having to do everything myself. Mm -hmm. And I was just praying, 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 which does bring me into another role that you got to keep in mind. If you are a religious person, bring God in because you know what? He actually, you can't do it without him. He makes all the difference. He's the one that fills in the gaps. Truly. He's the one that makes it all okay in the end. When none else can. Yeah, exactly. And I was just praying and praying all the time. I was praying my husband would have a change of heart. I was praying that I would have what I needed to keep going. And I just kept going with the skills and principles because they brought such comfort to my children. They were so predictable. My children loved knowing how that. Yeah, exactly. And you guys love a lot of times when you are single parenting or when you feel like you're on your own, there is a lack of structure or the structure is all over the place. Especially if your child goes somewhere else certain days of the week or something. Yeah, that is hard. It's hard to be structured. So focusing on creating a structure and sticking to it and really being being diligent with it works. And we do help you establish a really good structure Mm -hmm. in the teaching self-government course. And that's the biggest thing with consistency. So, um, I mean, obviously we hope that you join us in learning about teaching self-government skills and principles. Um, But because we've seen that as you're consistent with those, then even if it's one-sided currently or for the foreseeable future, then it actually really pays off. And I know I was helping one mom on the online group mentoring sessions. She's in a similar situation to what we're talking about, but she said, you know, when I send my child over to his father's house, all they want to do is be on devices. What Mm -hmm. do I do with that? Because I can't control any of that. You know, I can't control what happens. And I said, well, here's the thing. You teach your child that this is what's possibly going to happen at the father's house. And this is what we're running here at home. And these are mom's instructions. And so I gave her some good things. And I said, hey, to help your child take more initiative, how about this? Why don't you give them some activities and uh, supplies for said activities and say, okay, for every activity that you and your father send me pictures of you guys doing, there will be a certain reward here for you at home. That is That falls in line with our pre-teaching and um, positive incentives and stuff like that. And so that was something that was really helpful for her because she had no control over what happened at the other place, right? But she was analyzing, helping her child analyze and see that there could be a, a different way and that they could say, oh, hey, dad, how about we do this instead? So empowering the child to have self-government in their own actions and to take action. Which well, I to come was, with ideas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's something you can do when you have split custody. And, um, but that takes a lot of pre-teaching right? So you have to pre your child about everything. And a lot of times, especially when you're first starting out, you have to do a lot of fixing when they get back because they will have slipped in their skills and in their, you know, emotional regulation and um, logical thinking. But that's something that you, you just, just have, have to embrace it. yourself for. And yeah. that's something I highly encourage is being able to pre-teach yourself. Um, that's something that a lot of people don't understand, but as parents, I know for me, <laughs> I preach, I pre-teach myself a lot, especially in my first year of marriage, you know, it was okay. I know that similar situations where, you know, maybe my husband is most likely not going to close all of the cupboards when he's done in the kitchen that annoys me, but what am I going to do instead? Right. 
So but it's like said, not a big deal. No, it's no, like no, no, annoying, no. but it's not a big deal, right? So you right. just pre-taught yourself it's not a big deal. Right. So, but yeah. then you could say, okay, so I know my child is going to be at the other parent's house for the weekend and they're going to come home. And most likely this will be the case. You know, we'll have to do some backtracking and that's okay. We're in a sticky situation, but it's okay. And I'm going to be okay with it. That self pre-teach is huge. And it actually, it's, it, it saved my emotional bacon many a time. <laughs> yeah. Now, if you're on the same page, if the, if the other parent is somewhat supportive of consistency in the, in the life of the child, then, and you guys are like, even like, oh, so-and-so lost their privileges. So could you administer it at your house? And the other parents like, yeah, sure. And they kind of do the same thing for you. Then, wow, that's great. And you're going to have fantastic. a lot of consistency. That's just more rare. That doesn't usually happen. Mm-hmm. And so likely what happens is there is going to be a whole different environment at the other parent's house. And then when they come back, your child is going to now adapt to your environment and they might even bring kind of this hangover from the other environment right and so um the thing is is you can say to them okay well this is how about we set up these positive consequences for if you bring up suggestions at dad's house or or say do you understand why mom always likes to play games with you and read stories and go on walks and all these kinds of things instead of just play video games like do you do you see why mom likes to like, what do you get out of it? What do you like when we do those kinds of things? And then you could say, what do you want your relationship with your dad to be like? Do yeah. you want it to be similar or not? Because you could go into vision there and say, you know, and if they're like, or do you just want to always look at a screen when you're with dad? Because you could change it by asking dad to do something else and mm-hmm. by suggesting to dad that you do something else, telling him you have a dream to do something else, or even not engaging with him when he's doing the computer. Because some dads or moms are hooked are you know addicted to computer games or whatever. Yeah. And so not being on the, the game console when the other parent is and deciding to read your book and do something else. And so then, and then when you come back, there's going to be positives if, if you show me these things, but, but if you, if you come back and you just played games with dad, there's not going to be any negatives. I'm not going to call it. I'm not going to say there's negatives at dad's house because you don't want to play one parent against another and make the child anxious when they're doing that to you. Yeah, exactly. You want to be the bigger person. But say when you come back, we're not going to do games like that. We're going to play board games and card so games. Just and, up on that. Yeah, just say because I want to have a different kind of relationship with you. And if, and if you just deliberately talk about that, that's another one of those transparency things. And it's not like you're pitting one parent against each other, but you're just saying, what kind of relationship do you want with dad? Like, if you want it to be different, you've got to show him or tell him or ask, you know? And you can, you can do different things. And so, and then kind of empower them in that direction if they can. So it's going to be hard because some parents don't want to correct negative behavior in others. So then they come home and their negative behaviors are going through the roof because the other person (laughs) didn't ever correct it. That's hard too. If you can teach your children some of the key skills of self-government, like how to follow instructions, accept no answers and criticism, accept consequences and to disagree appropriately, they can even start using those at the house with the other parent. And 
and it can start to become second nature for them so that hopefully they can maintain a little bit more of their consistency. But Paige, I honestly think what you shared about preparing your own brain for things not going perfect is probably one of the best bits of self-government advice that we have even said on this podcast today. That's what it really means to be self-governed is to say, I can accept a no answer. If it doesn't go my way all the time, I can accept it. So if you don't accept it and you get emotional, like if you take it personally and you get emotional, then what's going to happen is you're not really ready to bond with your child. You're Mm -hmm. then in a reactive state and you're focusing on these emotional feelings towards this person that's not even there. That would be like allowing that other person to ruin your time with your child. Well, that's being selfish, right? Because you even said your time, because when you emotionally react to that, you're thinking about yourself like, oh my goodness, they do this every time. I'm trying to have a little bit of me time or they're encroaching on this time that I scheduled for myself, you know? And so it's, it's all selfish. And it's something that I share often because a lot of people don't understand that emotional reacting is selfish because you don't want to put forth the effort to seek to understand the other person than to be understood. So true. People hate that word selfish. They cringe. (laughs) And and I understand why it just obviously has a negative bent to it. And I think a lot of people think, well, wait a minute, isn't there, isn't there any room to be tired? Isn't there any room to be frustrated, sad, worried, confused? Of course we can feel all of those things. Yes, we can. However, we do. We don't use those emotions to logic, to process the situation. Yeah. If you're going to process every situation out of fear and anxiety, you're going to be stressed out yeah. a lot. No, so, I love to tell people, I say, you know, I like to take a step back mentally and say, okay, these are emotions that I have. We're going to put it on the table so that they are considered and that they are recognized. However, we're not going to put them in the brain, in the processing center, <laughs> because we have to process things logically. We have to think about it that way. So we, and we have a whole training about like emotional stuff and Mm. all that. Well, and that's super smart because actually you taking it and saying, I'm putting it on the table means I'm acknowledging that they're important and they're there. Yeah. But you're also saying, I'm going to think about these outside of my brain and then I'm going to decide what I want to do. That is called being deliberate, intentional, proactive. Mm-hmm. And here's, yeah. the I think that is being emotionally detached, but it's, I mean, that, I guess that could be negative, negatively connotated. What you're but... saying is you're not going to get sucked into every emotion that you feel without right. trying to consider it. And here's the thing. We're still human. I've still seen Paige get sucked into an emotional thing here and there. <laughs> She's human. We're all still, but that's her plan so that she doesn't have those traps happen a lot. Right. Right. And I think that's a great plan just to recognize, wait a second, what am I feeling now? What do I do with this? And if you can get yourself to slow down enough to do that, and because it's the stress that's going to drive you over the edge every time. And I know life's busy. It moves quick when you got a lot on your plate because you're doing a lot of this parenting stuff on your own. Sometimes you can start telling yourself you've got to move faster, faster, faster. And that stress will make you not take the time to pull that stuff out and think about it, which really is such a powerful thing. Yeah. Well, and it's actually interesting that you say that because I do often feel like I'm parenting all by myself just because my husband is at work all day. Sure. Anyone can feel like that. I know when he comes home, he gets, you know, maybe an hour together with both of us before Clara goes down for bed. And so it's like, wow, yeah, I'm doing this all day, every day by myself. 
until the very end of the day. And so, you know, even I've felt like this and I'm in a very happy marriage and we're both on the same page parenting wise. And so it's, you know, this can apply to pretty much anyone. (laughs) Oh, I think any person that's been with a child the whole day long can definitely relate to feeling sometimes a little bit like, Ooh, this is deep stuff here. What are we But I know, I know something that really helps me. I love, (laughs) I love joining the support calls on Wednesday mornings because those are mornings where I listen and, um, you know, like I'll get Clara up when she wakes up and get her ready for the day while I'm listening to everyone's questions being answered. Right. And uh, I'll start doing the dishes. I actually become very productive. But when the call ends and I've heard all these questions and maybe even submitted a couple of my own, I think, wow, I'm ready for the day. I can do this. I'm totally ready. Sometimes you need a shot in the arm and to recognize other people are going through stuff too. It's really good. So, so we need to clarify what you're talking about. So we had, so there is a support group. It's called the TSG support group. And it is for people that are working on their self-governance with their children, with their families and, and primarily for people who are doing the TSG parenting course. And so you're going to definitely want to find yourself on the TSG parenting course, which is at teachingselfgovernment.com. And when you get that TSG parenting course, it comes with a subscription to the support group. So you can get a free, a certain amount of time for, for free. And then yep. if you want to stay out on it after you can, you can pay and for it. And it also afterwards. comes with four. It's, it's actually not very expensive. Sessions. Yeah. yeah. The, the course comes with four groups, which I'm in charge sessions. of. So if you want to come be with me and get questions answered by me, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. And other and- mentors too. But yeah, there's I, a I do leave those that are on there. And then I answer the questions on the Wednesday calls. And if you can't be on live on those Wednesday calls, they're all recorded and sent out. So yeah. there's so many different ways that you can get help. You are not alone. And I think that's the thing that you need to know is that sometimes it feels like you're, not, you're alone, but there are so many parents who are in it with you. We are here for you to give you the help and support you need to help you with your structural stuff, your tone stuff, to help you push off all those ideas that keep sabotaging you so that you can have better self-government, a better connection with your children. And guess what? Here's the beauty, okay? If you're if you're wondering if this could ever pass over to that other person that's not helping out, okay? The answer is yes. I didn't get to tell you the end of my story. My husband totally switched after two years. He sat down one day frustrated and I asked him, what do you want? And he said, what do you mean? What do I want? That's a pretty broad question. I said, I mean, you're clearly frustrated. What do you want? And he said, I just want them to do what I say. And I said, okay, just tell them it's an instruction because they know the skill set for how to follow an instruction. And he looked at me and he said, oh, that. (laughs) And I said, yeah, they know it. And he said, you're right. I probably should do that. He was finally ready. And I was like, oh, my prayer got answered right now. Anyway, and he wanted to have meetings again. He just changed. He recognized his relationship with his children was not what he wanted. And he had seen something better. So there is a principle. It's called the proof is in the pudding. Okay. (laughs) The proof is in the pudding. And so what you cook up with your children, if your heart is all in and you've decided that you're going to be calm through it all, which there's ways we can help you if you struggle with that, um, then it will be attractive to the other person and they will want mm-hmm. to be in with you too. So do it for you. Do it for you because guess what? At the end of the day, 
If you say, well, I wasn't a good, like, say, say you meet your maker. Okay. And you say, Hey God, I wasn't a good parent because my husband wasn't on my same page. That's called an excuse. So instead responsibility. Yeah. Instead, what you would say is I did absolutely everything I could. He wasn't on my safe, same page, but I tried my darndest to teach those children principles and all the things. And he knows. And, and you know what? He knows. And I think he'll say, I know. Good job. Good job. You did the hardest part. And he'll be proud of all of us. So that's what I think. I know uh, maybe not everybody's on my same religious page, but that's what I hope for <laughs> at the end of the day, that every parent is able to say, well, I had my stewardship. Didn't matter what the other person was doing, but I was good with what I had to do. And yeah. I can hold my head high, um, even if it's doesn't, you know, everything isn't perfect, perfect. And, you know, in the end, because guess what? We're humans and we, we keep learning as we go. Yeah. And I do have a random mm-hmm. side note for you who are on the flip side of this, the parents who are thinking, hmm, you know, my spouse just started learning about this and I'm not so sure. I want you to know that when you are self-governed, it is incredibly attractive to your spouse. Oh yeah, it totally is. That's really true. I know. I know when my husband, you know, we started doing regular couples meetings and um, he now supports me in all of my parenting practices because, you know, I mean, I'm obviously taking the lead in that, but um, it is so attractive when he supports what I've been teaching Clara and our family economy and stuff like that. It's, it just makes me fall in love with him so much more. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. Well said. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this parenting podcast, all about parenting on your, on your own, but don't forget you're not on your own completely. We're here (laughs) with you. We're always here. Exactly. So go to teachingselfgovernment.com, get the help you need, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. For more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.